Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture. Michael Sidgwick enjoying a well-earned day off to recover from Omega versus Danielson. And we are here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage Grand Slam. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only, only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to AW Rampage, Grand Slam, and the first of many, <laughs> I hope not, two-hour rampages. Yeah, like, there's a lot to love about this show. I feel spoiled um, to get the opportunity to do this with you today because uh, we have a big old laugh in the office that Sidgwick does Rampage and I do SmackDown because we have very different Friday mornings as a result. Uh, this is such a treat. This is so awesome. Uh, Wednesday was, I guess, a, um, not, I was going to say a teaser, a reveal of the atmosphere we can expect from Rampage tonight. Thank you to everybody that listens to this podcast for not dropping in spoilers in mm-hmm. the tags, like, hugely appreciated. We've talked about spoilers before with AEW Rampage. There is this strange and wonderful thing where people understand, like, everybody's passion for this product. So even though everybody knows that results are out there, and I'm sure there's, like, I would assume there's pictures and videos and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, it is, like, some sort of silent agreement with the wrestling internet that nobody shares it unless you want to go look for it yourself. Yes. People love this. Um, spoilers haven't shown to particularly impact ratings. If you have something that people want to watch, even if they know the result, or even if they know that something's going to happen, it's going to be out there. A two-hour version of the one-hour show that has already happened on paper sounds like, like a really disappointing experience. And yet, what it actually is, because this show is has been so well booked, and this product is so hot right now, this feels like part two of a pay-per-view. This feels like day two of Wrestle Kingdom, when New New Japan was hot. That's what this feels like. I have, since Wednesday, like, waited for Rampage in that, oh, great, second half starting. It's just been, like, a two-day intermission, Mm. effectively. And I don't think this will hit the heights of Dynamite, and by that I mean the Omega, uh, Daniel... Brian Danison match. I don't think it'll quite hit those heights, but I think it'll hit different ones. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be peaks on this show that feel 
more spectacular than Wednesdays, just for slightly different reasons. There's a lot to love about this. But don't get any ideas about a regular two-hour rampage AEW. Oh, Christ, no. Please, no. Like, uh, the, this will have happened because, obviously, they're in this building, but my gut is telling me that this will have happened because the network have asked for it, which is great. Like, awesome that TNT, TBS, yeah, et makes sense, yeah. Like, they love what AEW are giving them at the moment. This feels like... It's meant like this feels like a reflection of how happy the network must be with this show that they once took a gamble on, hoping that they would get. Um, by that I mean Dynamite, that they were hoping that might get half a million viewers. That is now passing a million a week and is getting these great like results and demos and stuff. And they thought, have a have an extra hour in this beautiful venue. Let this be a gift rather than a test, because I've had a, a pint bet with Andy Murray that will be settled at the Christmas party that by December. AEW will have either announced, teased, or started making Rampage a two-hour show. Ugh. And he says, no, it's Arthur Ashe. It's just a nice thing for a nice company doing nice things, and it can just be that. But I remember when three-hour roars were that. I remember when three-hour roars were like, we got the rock, so we're going to go three hours tonight. What can possibly go wrong? And here we are nearly ten years later, <laughs> three-hour Monday Night Roars. That Rampage hour, even when it doesn't hit, I didn't think last week's Rampage was any good at all. It's just an hour. It flies by. I, I don't need a change. Uh, it feels mad that we are going to not start by talking about CM Punk's first televised match since the 20th of January 2014. Uh, of course, remember that who that was against on Monday Night Raw, don't you? Oh, yeah. Um... Have a guess. Okay. So, obviously, his last match in WWE was the Royal Rumble. He did, he did have a dark three-on-one handicap with the Shield uh, just before that. I'll tell you, it's not any member of the Shield he faced on Monday Night Raw on the 20th of January, 2014. 20th of January, 2014, CM Punk. He was there in the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. That's, that gives any clues. That's where Bret Hart won the King of the Ring in 1993. Because it, yeah. um, it made me laugh when JR said Nutter Center. <laughs> Uh, was it a Wyatt? It was not a Wyatt. I'll give you a couple more guesses. Oh, God. 2014's roster. Was it Curtis Axel? No. Ahead of Axelmania? You're getting uh, closer to the round, the sort of area of the roster you need to. Oh, no. Oh, no. Bo Dallas. It's some LTST for you that we can bring into AW. It was Billy Gunn. <laughs> yes, it was. Because, I love this, I love this, because on the, um, there was a raw throwback episode. Remember, they were fun, legit fun. They went in a lot of trouble. Remember, the snake came back and the, the snake took a shit on uh, Dean Ambrose's <laughs> face. <laughs> or he was sick on him or something like yeah. that. And everybody was like, wow, snake sick stinks. <laughs> uh, they'd done one of them and Punk was like, this is great. And he'd teamed with the New Age Outlaws one night on SmackDown, I think it was, to fend off Let's say the shield. Mm-hmm. Fends off the shield of the outlaws, and then, like, the big six man is booked. CM Punk versus, I would wager this is maybe like two weeks before Punk leaves. CM Punk and the New Age Outlaws versus the shield. And, like, Punk is booked. Imagine, the, week, the week before it was that. No, no wonder he walked out. Imagine being booked. You're CM Punk, you're the voice of the voiceless. You're this, like, iconoclast. And uh, Paul backstage is like, yeah, in the uh, six man with the shield, Road Dog and Billy Gunn are going to, like, Drop off the apron and not give you a tag and turn on you. Right? Why? Why? <laughs> uh, because it's me and you, WrestleMania brother, and this is the start of it. Like the outlaws are my friends, and that's what the story that we're going to oh tell. Oh my god! The same punk was like, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Paul, but I think I'm going to leave this industry for seven years instead. 
Right. That's, that's an interesting offer. It's my count <laughs> offer. Goodbye. Yeah. Forever. Goodbye forever. Uh, we'll talk about him versus powerhouse yes, in tech, but but we have to start by talking about a bloody lights out match: Moxley and Kingston versus Lance, or- Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. I have seen a slight spoiler for this, so I'm not going to talk too much about. It. I'm just going to throw to you because this is going to be wild. Fun house, it's a whole lot of fun. People gonna die. It's just like what I love about this is that it's like legitimately wacky in all the good ways. Um, Moxley, Kingston, Suzuki, Archer, violent men doing violent thing, doing violent things to each other. But in that way, where the fans are going to be so electrified by these acts of violence that it's going to feel like a like a party, like it's going to feel like the evening do of a wedding. That's what mm. this is. This is as much as this is like bloodthirsty, and like you've had the match with Suzuki and Moxley, and you've like you see the way they like throw these punches at each other, like. They, they don't look like they're throwing fists. They, like, they look like cannonballs. They're just like lobbing these things at each other's faces. It's going to be so joyous. Mm. It's not going to be this, um, everything has to, like, everything has to end. Like, one of us can't walk out of here, which is what, like, the, the wrestlers feel like it is. It's like, you're going home in an ambulance. That's, like, what <laughs> this is supposed to be. In reality, it's going to be as fun as, I don't know, let me think of an example out of thin air. As fun as doing Wild Thing and My Way on karaoke, <laughs> which the Daddy Boys definitely didn't do last night. Um, it's just It just feels so... Like, this is not 2.0, but this match feels so colourful. Mm. You think about it, you just think of vibrancy. You think of joy, you think of euphoria, you think of the audience going nuts for everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I expect the baby faces to win because I'm assuming Suzuki's as good as done with this particular mm-hmm. stint in AW. And that doesn't really, like, it doesn't matter, does it? No. Just a, it's a lights out match at the end of the day. Yeah, it's not for rankings, it's just a blast. Just a really good time. If the good times that you like are guys getting, like, bloodied up. It's just going to be, I mean, Kingston in Arthur Ashe, just going wild. Yeah. So Moxley needs no encouragement. We've talked a lot about the, his journey that he's on right now. It's, he's, I love it when he, Throws those plastic pint glasses. It's unbelievable. Like, I feel something that I can't reconcile when he throws a plastic cup on the floor. He walks out and he's just like so angry <laughs> with everybody. Maybe even including Eddie Kingston, but he's like, I hate you, but I love you. Mm. So it's all right. The energy that that man exudes right now is like irresistible. And long may it continue if and when this forecasted heel turn occurs because. I think that John Moxley is the first guy in a generation when you you know those videos that you see every now and then of uh, Bruiser Brody entering in Japan and everybody yes. being terrified. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. on the verge of that I in twenty twenty one with John Moxley because of what he manages to exude. Like I know that the argument could be, well, he doesn't come through the people anymore because he's stopped being a man of the people. He's just for himself. I think it's better, like because I want to see the terror in people's eyes, or I want to see. The idea that, like, there's no barriers. He walks through that bit of the crowd. It, there's never, like, guards, is there? No. But the idea that, like, as a heel, like, a fan is like, ah, oh, you, you know, all this sort of stuff. And Moxie just glares at him, and the guy sits back down. Yeah. Like, I, I, ju- I love that energy that he's radiating. And this is fun because he's a, he's a hero to people, and he's, like, Eddie Kingston's best mate. But every week, you just see a little bit more hatred, don't you? Just yeah. a little bit more fury in that man's eyes because he's got all these crosses to bear, and he's got all these things that he's really pissed off about. And, I, I, like, John Moxley is 
when you really look at the matches over the course of the year, he won't be in the conversation for wrestler of the year, and he should be again. Mm. We knew what he contributed to 2020 because you saw it every week. The quality's been amazing. The character work's been sublime. Um, but just other people have been doing more headline-grabbing stuff. He's one of like this year's top guys. Absolutely. I, I love John Moxley. And across from the ring, you've got bloody Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Everybody dies. And then with Moxley, of course, you've got Eddie Kingston who can say, everybody... These nuts. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, let's talk about the super click in AEW. Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, they dived in and super kicked bloody uh, Brian Danielson after that epic draw on AEW Dynamite. And then we're eventually chased off by the people they're going to face tonight, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. It feels like a you know straightforward, not straightforward victory, but a, an obvious victory for the super click to really establish Cole in the books as this force. Maybe even for a potential trios division, but also you and I will be keeping an eye out for more fraction, you know, issues, fractures is the word I was looking for, uh, between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage, because I feel like that turns common. This is all great, man. This is um this is why it's a great time to be an AW fan. <laughs> A match where the work is going to be good. The experience is going to be enjoyable as a fan, like in and of itself, on an island. Get your laps fan mate and be like, watch this. It's really good. That guy's a dinosaur. Like, that guy's Luke Perry's son. These guys... That guy's the most handsome bastard in all of wrestling. Yeah. Like, there is something to love about all of these guys. I'm assuming you meant Christian there, so you Vince McMahon. Like, <laughs> that guy, when he worked somewhere else, the boss wanted to put a blue dot on his face. <laughs> Um, the, you know the guy that's drawing you into this. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's so great. Like the there's like dream match gets thrown on a lot. This is not a dream match, but it's a daydream match. It's the sort of thing you would think of and be like, that'd be fun. Yeah, can happen, but that'd be fun. And here we are, great six man. But AW is great because this match is awesome, and at the same time, things are happening with both teams that don't at all relate to both teams. So the super click win, I agree. A super click win tonight. And the message underneath all of this... I hope they wreck Marco Stunt as well. I love you, but I hope they really ruin him. Well, it's funny you mention Marco Stunt, right? Because I think tonight, Adam Cole is going to do something really horrible to Marco Stunt. Imagine. But ask yourself, why? Why is he targeting Marco Stunt? Who hates Marco Stunt? Who hates Marco Stunt more than anybody on the AW roster? Omega. And, has, and has made it very clear. Kenny Omega despises Marco Stunt. It's secretly a better long-term story than the Hangman Page angle <laughs> is how much Kenny Omega hates Mark. Remember when he attacked him from behind with a chair? <laughs> Remember before they'd all turned and the books were like, whoa, calm down. Like Omega was just, Ken, man, just lost it. Like Adam Cole, not only taking Omega's best mates, not only taking the kill shot on Brian Danielson, but taking Marco Stunt's head off <laughs> with a last shot or with a Panama Sunrise or something. Panama Sunrise, yeah. It's like, ah. Uh, not even the best at hating Marco Stunt. I'm better at hating Marco Stunt. Like, the subtext of Adam Cole gradually lifting the elite away from, or lifting the young bucks and all of that away from Omega. Yeah, it wasn't an accident that last week on Rampage, sorry to interrupt, but it wasn't an, uh, an accident that last week, I think it was last week on Rampage, they aired that vignette and he said, I'm not even in my prime and I could beat Brian Danielson. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything they're doing is telling you that eventually, like, the elite might kick Kenny Omega out in favour of Adam Cole. They might take... They might take the handsome new sex instead of the old ex. That's like that's <laughs> what they've got in Adam Cole. So you got that on the heel side. On the baby face side, 
you've got a team that uh, it's okay for them to lose because it is time for fractures, as you put it. It is time for cracks. Um, Christian Cage shushed Jungle Boy. Oh, like oh. He, sh- he shushed him. Like, that is, like, so not on. <laughs> it's it's worse than a punch in the face. Like, it's like that was so patronising and condescending. And Christian has been so good at showing the world that he's an arsehole without telling people. Like, the amount of times Christian Cage has done stuff in this AEW run that is completely becoming of, and I hate this term because WWE forced it down throats, but, like, that kind of creepy little bastard that he once was. Mm. Like, the amount of times he's done it, and yet it's made sense contextually, is inspired. Because when he turns, and he is going to turn, and Jungle Boy's going to get his big win, and this is going to be, like, a huge moment for Jungle Boy in in terms of his ascension, it's going to be along the lines of... what made you think I was a good guy? You hung out with me for all these weeks. And how many times, did, like, after I'd left the room, did you just turn to Luchasaurus and be like, it's a bit much, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like how many times has, like, Christian Cage accidentally, like, turned the room a little bit dark or a little bit sour? or a little, Like, that Wednesday Night War comment, like, the f- of all the guys, you would have never imagined it to be Christian Cage. And then you think about it, it makes all the sense in the world that he would, like, just turn the arsehole, switch up to 11, mm. just for the crack. Just, like, what a dick. Like, there's no, vir- like, he's not a virtuous man. And I love that, like, by, I'm assuming, the loss that they're going to take tonight, that's going to further drive that home. Because next week, like, Jungle Boy's going to do that kind of baby face. Friday was a tough night, but we're going to get back on track. We've got this match against, you know, whoever they acclaimed or something. And uh, and Christian Cage going like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, don't worry about Sunday. You you came up short, but that's all right. Like I'll I'll get you through this. Like yeah, yeah. The journey that you get on with these guys is it's just brilliant. And like I say, the fact that the match delivers anyway is almost the least important ingredient of all of this. Exactly. I've got to mention this while I, like because I it just I keep thinking about it. Like a number of people have suggested this so this is by no means like you're not going to believe this awesome fantasy booking because it's like it's right there but like the idea that when Cole and the books kick Kenny Omega to the curb and it's Hangman Page that picks him back up is absolutely mouth like I'm literally feeling the saliva form in my mouth (laughs) thinking about Kenny Omega lost and Hangman Page extending his hand to him like imagine Kenny Omega starts to fall and Hangman Page catches him by then and like Oh my God, Hangman Page by then, AW World Champion, lets the belt drop to the floor in order to catch Kenny Omega. <sighs> Great visual. Great visual. Oh yeah. my God, like the stuff that they can do with this. This is why Omega thinks in years because it's the stuff like that gets you really hyped for stuff that might never even happen or visions of a of a of a sort of of a strange future. And my prediction for this match is probably because they bloody love going for people's masks is them taking Luchasaurus out there by going for his mask yes. and then that isolates maybe a Jungle Boy because uh, he can he can Teflon to losses and he's bloody Jungle Boy at the end of it. Uh, right, let's get to it. The returning wrestler fed up of fighting off these evil foes. Anna Jay faces Penelope Ford tonight. <laughs> you prick. Yeah, you you prick. Right, because I think there are some reasoned criticisms to be had of this match, but you've just made me sound like a dick because I got hyped for something. Should have seen the reaction here. Of him like, yes, talks. Oh yeah, Anna Jay. Um, yeah, I think I think I think this is where we got to draw a line and draw this. She's beating the bunny. It's this. It's the natural reaction to the brass knocks and whatever. And I and 
Maybe there's going to be more stuff with the slowly disintegrating Dark Order and all this, but it's going to be an Anna J victory, one would assume, because I'm just fed up of distractions and roll-ups with this sort of thing. Yeah, I would like Anna J to win because one of the things I really like about the not-that-well-performed current um, issues in the Dark Order is I like that Anna J and Take On here, like, sort of, like, I love that they just are livid with these guys not being able, these idiot blokes not being able to put their ego <laughs> to one side and make friends. So I think it's important that Anna Jay wins. Um, I don't want them to, I'm thinking about this now, like they could go down the route where like the Dark Order's Ascension actually costs the baby faces. You know, like, Anna, not that she's distracted. I'm not saying she's going to like poke out of the ring like WWE and be like, what's going on on the floor? And then gets rolled up or something. But like the sheer stress of the issues in the Dark Order ultimately ends up costing her. You know, you get the, Again, because I'm not a big fan of like, the idea that the men circle in the ring because then it becomes like the women are more defined by the men they're with rather than the actual few themselves. This is just, I admire the attempt to um, have a feud, have a program, have an issue that isn't around the women's title because it's the first baby step. But it's not been a particularly enthralling one. And the problem is, AW have tried to, I'm assuming, have tried to do this because they're trying to respond to the valid criticisms about the state of the women's division, but like, right, okay, let's have a secondary and tertiary angle in this league that isn't about the belt. But because it's so underwritten, that undermines the point, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. Because there's been so little to this. There's so little meat on the bone. It's proper match-to-build match stuff. They just have matches, the heel cheat, the bunny does this. You know, like, it's so, like, last thing before we finish for the day stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you picture the creative team and somebody's saying, I'm getting pretty hungry. Can we, like, go out for tea? And then they're just like, what we got left? Ah, oh, yeah, we need something for Anna J, or we need something for the bunny or whatever. Like, Penelope Ford's not got much going on. What you got? Oh, yeah, the, like, Zapatista's is closed at six. Can we, you know, like, tap in the watch and stuff? <laughs> uh, cheat, cheap finish? Rematch? Yeah, good. Right, great. I'll have a spicy beef burrito, please. <laughs> like, it, that's what it feels like. Yeah. So it, you can't do one thing and then half arse it so much. So wrap this up. Um, folding at the Dark Order, again, not because I'm advocating the idea that, like, what about the men's story? (laughs) But because it's the only juice left in this specific fruit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Right, let's get on to it now. The stable that everyone keeps talking about, HFO. No, I am gonna, I am, I'll just, I'll, I'll let you do it now. I'm, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. CM Punk's first televised match in what seven and a half years, yeah. whatever it is, and he's not taking it lightly. He's going up against powerhouse Hobbs, and this is going to be a, a brilliant and a very different dynamic to when he faced Darby Allen at the pay per view. Absolutely. Um, not least because Billy Gunn's going to run in with a famouser um, <laughs> for the big powerhouse Hobbs win. Um, yeah, this is brilliant. This is already brilliant, and it's not even happened. CM Punk, uh, as called by a podcaster, came out on Wednesday and said, I want all of this. And Team Taz want to stop me having all of this. I'm like, why are you being a prick, Taz? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> why, why are you being this way? I don't want to have to do what I'm going to do with Powerhouse Hobbs, but I'm going to do it because you've made it this way. Um, I love this setup so much. I love the idea that um, Powerhouse Hobbs looks and wrestles like a final boss, and yet the booking of this feud is such that he's basically the first of several Team Taz versus CM Punk matches. Building to Hook, obviously. Well, of course, the big, the big Hook match. You know, like the big hook. Ideally, it, the Hook was happening tonight because, of course, the Mysterio turn is happening on the other channel. So you could have had the big second generation stuff. Well, you know, come on, come on, AW, get your shit together. <laughs> like, but yeah, like, so you've got the big Ricky Starks match. Um, you've got what we all want to see, which is uh, Taz getting back in the ring for Taz Mission versus oh. Anaconda Vice. They played um, War Machine to the crowd. <laughs> like, if Team Taz all together behind Powerhouse Hobbs come out to that, like, survive if I let you. And then you get cult of personality back to back to back to back. I am not sure that I'll be able to sit with you on Monday because I'll never <laughs> be able to sit down again because I can't be pulled down from the ceiling. Like the response to punk wrestling is going to be electrifying because how happy were um, the Arthur Ashe crowd for him on Wednesday. So the fact that you get, like you buy your ticket, right? And then they say, oh, you're getting dark, you're getting um, dynamite and you're getting rampage. Oh, what's on the show? Like, you know, for one ticket, one CM Punk appearance would more than suffice, wouldn't it? Yes. You get a promo to build a match, and then you get the match. A promo of the eight, for the ages as yeah, well. Yeah, it's classic all-time CM Punk promo. And then you get the match that he's just promoed for you, like a couple of hours later. That is the hottest ticket in town. The crowd are going to be fired up for this. Um, I hope Powerhouse Hobbs has his best match yet, because he shows all this um, cool, raw potential as... What you need to be now, like you can't just be a muscle guy, you've got to be like a hybrid guy, and I think he's got all of that sort of stuff. Punk wins, um, but yet again, the story is told that he is um, not so much testing himself as he is accepting that standards are higher. Yeah. And like he's going to, there's going to come a point in this match, and it's not going to be like like the, the Bret Hart stuff, the look after the Darby Allen throw was a nice nod, but it was in character too. It was like, ooh. They're like, I've got to like stay on my toes here. Mm. And there's going to be a really great moment in this match. Not where, I don't even think there's going to be like a near four tease. I don't think it's going to be that type of thing. But there's going to be a point in this match where CM Punk has to like really dig deep. Yeah. He's got to like powerhouse, obviously, he's going to throw him against a post or something. And you're gonna the camera's going to go in tight on Punk. And he's going to just for a second look like a guy that can't do this anymore. And then because he's so brilliant at the little details, he's going to change his face and he's like, I've got to get through this. Mm. And then that fire up, that power up, that like big baby face moment is going to be fantastic. Yeah, a few things I want to say here. Um, he's a man who loves doing callbacks, obviously, as we alluded to there. I don't know whether you want to lean into his history with someone like a Ryback, because then I suppose mm -hmm. you're sort of insinuating that Powerhouse Hobbs is a dangerous performer. I don't really want to go down that 
road because he's not. He's just a big guy, in, <laughs> you know, in comparison. Um, so I don't know whether you do that, but you could do, I think it was Burke. Was it Elijah Burke he was fighting on AC, ECW? Was that famous clip of, oh, that hurt. Wow, that hurt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that happens yeah. here, but I, I'm very aware that I don't want to besmirch Powerhouse Hobbs because I just want to showcase how mint he is and how he's growing into this. And I mean, he literally tweeted the other week, like this month, last year, he got the All Elite thing and now he's facing CM Punk. It's madness. Hell of a year. But as also you alluded to on, I think, the Dynamite review, maybe the Dynamite preview, I can't remember exactly which podcast it was, this is not a match he needs to necessarily win with the GTS. He can win with the Anaconda device. That gets that over again. And you've got the beauty of the four-man booth with, I think, well, Ricky Starks was there last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's going to be there this week. I haven't read anything about that. But it would be a nice touch to have him on commentary for this, trying yeah. to, you know, put, put over Hobbs and undermine alongside Taz, perhaps undermine CM Punk as well. How great was Taz on commentary during um, Brian Cage versus Hangman Page and how at first he tried to be professional, double or nothing. Yes. He tried to be professional in like the first half of the match. And he's, Taz is a really good commentator. Um, so he's talking about like why this move works, why this is dangerous, what this hurts. And then just gradually as like Brian Cage, there's the match started to slip through Brian Cage's fingers. Taz got so pissed off. It's like, oh, God damn it. Like, <laughs> just got angrier and angrier and angrier. Uh, like, I want, that out of, I want that out of him tonight if he's on commentary with, with his boy, Ricky Starks. Like, I love the idea that Starks is going to sit there and use this as a scouting mission. Mm. And, like, maybe Team Taz don't run in and tack after the bell, but maybe they scrape power. Like, maybe Taz and Starks leave the booth and scrape Hobbs away after the loss. And you've got this, like, nice standoff. It's like, Punk's like, that's, that's my first one. I took one of them out, like, I'm coming for him next, or, what, you know, something like that. Just really love the idea of it. I don't even think, like, those comparisons you made about his WWE stuff, like, that's not even in bad faith. Punk is really good, as you say, with the callbacks. And have you noticed, and, and I love this because I love aesthetics in wrestling, have you noticed that they've um, reintroduced the print on the canvas? Yes. The rampage, um, like, things in the corners of the, of the canvas last week. Um, like, maybe, like, CM Punk takes a bump, on some of that imprint, and he can just check that he's not got a staff infection. Right. Oh, yeah, I love, I love this WWE stuff. Also, before I forget, massive uh, nod to AEW for the pizza boxes. The pizza boxes. Hey, you got a pizza pie? You want it in an AEW Rampage box, you schmuck? There is nothing more that I want to get a taste of <laughs> than one of those AEW Rampage pies. That's what oh, it is. Yeah. Give me a 10-second segment with 2.0 and a pizza box. Oh, God, can you just Im- like imagine like you've got like Jeff and Matt talking about a rampage pizza and then like somebody walks backstage, you know, like how Renee did on being the elite. Somebody, some like poor dark, dark elevation loser walks backstage. It's like, you want to get a taste? You want to get and, like Danny Garcia has had enough and just like jams a pizza in some guy's face, just like <laughs> smushes it in his face. Like, how do you like that? You want pepperoni with that? I'll stuff. Who has pineapple on a pizza, you schmuck? You want to be a wise guy, yeah? I'll stuff your crust. <laughs> uh, right, let's talk about this mad uh, eight-man that we've got to look forward to as well tonight. Lucha Bros, Proud and Powerful uh, versus Private Party, Butcher and Blade. Uh, you've got the tag champs. You've got potentially the next challenges for the tag champs on the same team. And HFO, who are just all over AEW right now. Yeah. how uh, I like this match, but I don't love it. How... Can the babyface side coexist? Yeah. When clearly a title match is in the offing. This is the better version of a bad thing. Um, AEW will make uh, this match 
feel relevant and important because you've got in Proud and Powerful the obvious contenders for the tag titles. They're going to eyeball the belts, all that really cool stuff, you know. Um, unfortunately, they're across from the ring from the Hardy family office. I We are in the office today, and I always get nervous in case Andy Murray can hear me being critical of the butcher specifically because he's class. The butcher is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I was keen to heap praise on the blade last week because I thought he came across like this really awful thug yeah. in that match on Rampage. Like I've never kind of seen so much out of him that like I've completely bought into. I didn't think it was a great match, but I thought the butcher and the blade showed signs of their characters that reminded you why they were very, mm. very worthy. Um, like sort of, they they certainly earn their spot in this tag division amongst teams that are very different to them. Like I, I love that the Butcher and yeah. Blade have this spot. They're going to lose. The HFO are going to lose. Um, Matt Hardy's got nothing going right, which feeds in, I guess, all the more to this eventual loss to Orange Cassidy when like the world is kind of hair come. versus hair thing. Though, yeah. Just, yeah. That is, have I got my references right? Is it a Samson? Like Samson loses loses yeah, his hair. I think so. And like so, he's you know he's lost his hair. He's the Hardy family office has just lost and lost and lost and lost. Matt Hardy can't get any lower and then do some sort of bounce back thing, but he's bold and all that sort of crap. So the baby faces win. Um, but what I would like from this, uh, Proud and Powerful can't do what Ray Phoenix does, but they can do their own version of awesome. Yes. And I want them to do something in this match that forces, of all people, a Ray Phoenix and a Penta to be like, Oh no! <laughs> like mm. I, as much as this is set up, we've seen these eight mans all the time. There's going to be some really cool Phoenix stuff. We know that. We know there's going to be some awesome spot. Uh, we have said before that sometimes it's the young bucks that are the key ingredient to these matches. So I'll be interested to see like yes how this goes without them as a part of it because they're so ingenious agent in these things. Phoenix is going to do some wild stuff. PMP can't top it, but their own version of that can be just as awesome. And yeah. when they win the match, and I do expect them to be heavily involved in the finish. I think it's. I think it's integral to the story that they're the ones that like, like drive the win here, that like dominate the team. Um, I want Penta and Phoenix to realize the the danger they might be in. Everyone can raise their arms. Everybody can be like, "Good night at work," but you want to kind of get that anxiety f- that the champions have got a hell of a challenge on here with these two because I don't think the FTR feud was. I don't think it was that for proud and powerful intrigues. I don't think it gave you that. There wasn't a takeaway that. These are like the next in line. These are the best in the industry. And I'm still waiting for that because they are. Like, Proud and Powerful are every bit as good as we know they are. But I don't think AEW have given them the angle to express that yet. And I think AEW recognises sometimes you have to change things up. And I believe that you've had such blood feuds, such, you know, real animosity between, like, Lucha Bros uh, and the Young Bucks and, like you say, Proud and Powerful um, and FTR. Mm. A nice, respectful... Yeah, we're still going to beat the crap out of each other, mm. but uh, uh, a sort of maybe not necessarily a handshake deal. But uh, we we're next in line for those belts. We know you're next in line for those belts, and, and yeah. coming together of like fair play. But when it, when these belts are on the line, we're not going to be this sort of chummy. Basically, mm. I, th- I think that's it. I think like you can do it's it's you can do a babyface match. It's it's hard, obviously, to like measure how the reactions are going to go. But I think if you look at these specific workers as well. There's no reason why you're not going to draw the fans in. Um, I would imagine Proud and Powerful will ultimately, like, they'll be the more sympathetic of the mm-hmm. two acts on the night. So just lean into how much of a bastard Penter is. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, have him be his cruelest self, as we know he can be. And bingo, you've got it. I think, like, I cannot wait for the match. And they've not even really shown us it yet. I would expect to be shown it tonight. Just a nice touch to have 
and powerful wrestling in New York City. Really? Yeah, that's. I mean, the response they're going to get is going to be fantastic. I, we say this a lot with AEW, but like, it's going to be thrilling. Effectively, you know, I don't know where this is going to go on the show, of course, but a five-hour show. I mean, the fans aren't going to need any Ovaltine to go to bed after. It's going to be burnt <laughs> out. But I think that the 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 quality of stuff on this show. Where sometimes I think you can say that when they've done a rampage tape and there's been a, a big thing mm. and then just a couple of other yeah. things to fill the hour, not to patronize them too much. And fans are a bit like, oh God, well, we've had dark or dark elevation or whatever it is, then dynamite mm. and then rampage. It's even longer. And yet with what they've got, I don't think the crowd's gonna gonna lose any momentum to use a WWE <laughs> phrase. Right, finally, let's talk men of the year versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager, uh Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, of course. I want to talk about that match, but I also want to talk about the sort of uh, the ghost, the spectre at the feast. That is a lot of MMA fighters that Chris Jericho, and you know, this is kind of more my wheelhouse than mm. yours, has really disrespected. He's gone, oh yeah, well, you don't want to scrap with the inner circle in New York. And I sit there and go, I do if I'm Junior Dos Santos or Andre Olovsky, <laughs> because they were like heavyweight champions, if not contenders in uh, in UFC. Is this the night that maybe Dan Lambert six them on them? I hope so. Who are the men of the week? Uh, the men of the year? Because I know the boys of the week. <laughs> um, I screwed that up. Like, how can I ever go at Jake Hager when I screwed that up? Um, I do like the fact that someone put, I have to apologize for whoever this was. Someone pointed out that it actually, that line was lame and it was a bit, you know, we were doing mm. the whole riot squad sort of stuff from back in WWE. Mm. I feel like it's more, I feel more. But if anyone can pull it off, it's the guy who just went, Championships, yeah. <laughs> so that sort of works with with Jake Hager, but yes. Uh, what, how do you see this one playing out? What we're all saying basically is like the stupid guy can say the stupid stuff. Yeah, <laughs> say something stupid, Paul. Like the um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I've come up with the best uh, use of Dan Lambert, and it's that he's the manager of Cody Rhodes when he turns heel. American nightmare top team nightmare family America stuff. <laughs> Cody being livid with. The people in AEW that he doesn't like anymore, Dan Lambert being livid with everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think this Men of the Year thing is not hitting in the way that I would like because, like, come on, like Dan Lambert's like undeniably brilliant at this. Just but, don't make him cornet light in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, like they're leaning too hard into that. He will if you, if you give him a message about anything, he'll get it over. But for all that, like you believe, and he's got a good sense of conviction with this story. Um, men of the year are not really as guys. Um, Chris Jericho, this feels like a lot of Chris Jericho stuff in AW feels a bit like an indulgence. So I hope he loses. Like I hope that the, I hope that they lose. I've got real worries that the fired up Chris Jericho on Wednesday not only gets to talk about the MMA guys, but then beat him up and all. Like that whole stuff about the inner circle it didn't feel real. Like what even is the inner circle anymore? You ever heard of the Pinnacle? Did we imagine that? <laughs> like, like. Proud and Powerful are in a different match with a different team. Mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara's got his business with Miro. Like, Jericho and Hager, like... They're a great tag team. They're, they're an awesome tag team. They're an awesome tag team. But, like, let's not pretend here that, like... Like, we know why you came to Arthur Ashe. It's for Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Like, we got New York on our side. It's our home territory. Like, it's bollocks. Like, and I just... I don't know. I don't feel much for this, but I will if... Like I will genuinely, if Men of the Year win, I need to see conviction from AEW regarding Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page beyond a couple of fun promos in between just losing over and over again. The thing with the Darby Allen Sting defeat was that that angle was so much fun 
And Sting's performance was so incredible that he didn't really mind. It was like, oh, they were sort of perfect warm bodies for Sting to have this great night. Like, if you're serious about making this Dan Lambert Men of the Year stuff work, and I guess, like, the inclusion of the MMA fighters suggests that they are, mm. it's not, like, half-baked. You've got to put them over. Like, this cannot be another case of just the inner circle beating the pinnacle like a drum. Like, and I don't think there's much wrong with Jericho taking a lot of losses because we know that Fozzie are going on tour. He feels very much like a product, and this is not a negative, he feels like a product of AEW Chapter 1 when we're very much in AEW 2.0 right now. Like, you you can feel it, can't you? Like, we have absolutely moved into the next stage. Leveled up. Leveled up, yes, in AEW. And it's, and somebody needed, like, somebody needed to be Chris Jericho when AEW launched. And thankfully, it was Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. His achievements and his, the importance of his role early on will never, ever be forgotten. I'm not a Jericho guy at all. And I would never not acknowledge just how vital he was to that whole thing taking off in the way it did. But um, it's probably best to have him lose a lot yes. right now. He's going to be disappearing for a tour. Um, he is a character that now can exist to get people over in the traditional way. Like, he doesn't need to go 2-1 with people. He doesn't need to have, like, a fun night, sing-along Judas, and then lose. He can just get beat quite a bit. The entrance is where you get your sing-along. Like, this could be super, super helpful for the men of the year. I'll be scratching my head a bit if the baby faces win. No, it has to be a victory for the men of the year for me, um, considering what, you know, what they went through. Yes, they got moments of shine against Darby Allen and Sting and mm. stuff, but in the end... What's this all about if they're not winning, you know? And I, what I do is, it's a, it's a big weekend for UFC. As a fan right. of UFC, it's a big week. Big, there's two title fights on this weekend. Nick Diaz is back fighting. He's fighting Robbie Lawler. That's me. There's a guy who's got big KO power in the heavyweight division. A guy called, I think, Rosenstruck. I was butchering his surname. He's fighting this weekend. So there's buzz around that in terms of, like, getting eyes on their product. Having a JDS or a, um, uh, an Andre Olavsky or even a Jorge Masvidal. I don't think he's probably going to be there, but, you know, we see more of uh, members of uh, ATT uh, as, as we've seen more of Dan Lambert. I'd have those guys, your JDSs and your Jorge Mas, uh, JDSs and your Andre Lofkis, neutralize the threat of Jake Hager, take him out of the match, mm. isolate Jericho, and then I'd have Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. You know, Scorpio Sky's got legit MMA experience. Ethan Page's black belt in numerous, uh, you know, uh, skills. I'd have them just wreck him. I love that. And I'd have them win, but I'd also do a bit more of the MMA sort of thing. Yes, they, you know, they twat him, I don't know, hit him with some mad double team finisher, one, two, three. But post-match, Dan Lambert doesn't say your winners by pinfall. He says your winners by knockout. And Great. there's your, there's your there's your setup. Because I think that's exactly what they need as a sort of springboard going forward, more so than just Dan Lambert, you know, as great as he was in, you know, you talked about him in Impact and, and, mm. and things like that. It's just him reciting whatever Cornette would probably say about this promotion is wearing a little thin for me. Lambert should be angry that this match is getting in the way of his crusade. I, like, I'm just going to vocalise this. Dan Lambert hates, his words, young, skinny wrestlers. Why is he fighting Chris Jericho? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Get get them out of the way and get on with whatever it is that Dan Lambert wants to get on with. Before I forget, before I wrap up, a very quick apology in advance. Our AEW Rampage review for this show won't be out till Tuesday. 
because WWE have got a pay-per-view on Extreme Rules. Myself and Hamlet will be previewing that tomorrow. We'll be reviewing that in the small hours of Monday morning. Uh, so we won't get around to reviewing Rampage until Tuesday. Well, that'll be me and the Dadly Boys reviewing it. We will get to it eventually, basically. But let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage Grand Slam on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcast the smackdown preview is available right now and wrestle culture with a hashtag bloody good quiz is coming later on today but for now this has been the aw rampage grand slam preview my thanks to michael hamlet thank you for joining us and we will see you soon mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.